LeBron James, awesome again. Now top five all time in points and assists. We just got to take a second to talk about that. Lonzo Ball, is he just ever going to play again and we play real or fake with the trade deadline? Will it be active? It's all right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, yeah, every day. Every day includes a Wednesday, and every Wednesday it's us, for the most part, if the Celtics aren't playing. Hey, I'm John Corrales, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. Uh, you find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. I'm on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing to this show. It's available everywhere you get your podcasts. Watching it on YouTube, hop into the comments, tell us if we're right, tell us if we're wrong. Set heap praise on us on the YouTube page. And, we're awesome. Uh, we deserve it. Of course, of course. Always tell us how much you love us in the YouTube page. Also, go to FanDuel. That's today's sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Trade deadline is like a week and a half away, not even. And I don't know, man. I don't, I'm not feeling it right now. Are you, let's just, just minor here. Do you, are you feeling the buzz? I'm not feeling any buzz with this trade deadline. Well, we'll talk about it more in the third segment of today's show, but it seems like it's going to be quiet right now. But, but that might be a little bit of posturing by some of these teams. All right. We'll talk about that in the third segment. Second segment, we got to talk about Lonzo Ball. Who, this poor guy, his knee, just something is wrong and no one knows what it is. That's crazy. But uh, we are compelled to start and not by some overlords at a four-letter network that that force us to talk about this. It's just that LeBron James had a triple-double against the New York Knicks and moved into fourth all-time in assists in the same season that he's about to break the long-standing, nearly 40-year record of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time leading scorer total points in the NBA. Jake, I mean, I, I'm I'm really when, – when you say it out loud that he will finish this year number one in scoring, finish this week probably number one in scoring and fourth all-time in assists, the amount of points LeBron has created – is kind of unfathomable. Yeah, it's wild, right? Like, it's absolutely wild to think about it. And you, when we were planning out the show, you sent me a text being like, how many does he have? Like, what's the total created points for him? Yeah. Twos plus threes on all of that. And I don't even really know how to run the numbers on that sort of thing. But it's <laughs> it's insane, right? Maybe it's just uncalculate calculable. I don't know what the word is. But, like, it, oh, it is. But Someone's got to well, do it. You brought up a tweet. What was the tweet that from that Kirk uh, Goldberry, where he said that at one point in October, LeBron had assisted on more made threes than Steph Curry had made threes in his entire career. Think about that one for a second. That's just threes. That's not counting twos and things like that. And it was like 3,500 or something like that. So it, rough math, you can kind of figure out how many has on twos and things like that. And it's just wild, right? Like, Everyone obviously is focusing on the scoring mark as they should. It's, you know, like an all time thing here. 
fourth and assist is pretty freaking ridiculous. Like, <laughs> let's not let that get forgotten about here. That depending on how long he plays, I don't think there's a realistic chance he gets to third and catches Chris Paul. But look, if he plays three more years, like it's not necessarily out of the question. But worst case, worst case, he's going to finish his career as the all-time scorer in NBA history and fourth in assists. <laughs> worst that, case. That is, that's crazy. So if he, if we're using just sort of round numbers to estimate, he's created somewhere between 10 and 11,000 points just on three-pointers. And he's got approximately 7,000 or so on two-pointers. So that's 14,000. So it's somewhere around 24, we'll say somewhere around 24,000 points that he has created via the assist. Somebody's got an actual number out there. So that number alone is incredible. And then he will have, by the end of this, another 38,000, 39,000 points or so. Maybe he can get to 40,000 points by the time 40, maybe 40. I don't even know how to, where he's going to end up points wise. Cause when's he going to slow down? So he yeah. will have created 60, 61, 62,000 career points just created them for like in the NBA. That, that number blows my mind. The other thing is, the closest guy that's anywhere near this conversation was is, is Oscar Robertson, who is 13th in scoring overall, who's 12,000 behind LeBron, and who is uh, at least a couple of thousand assists behind LeBron in eighth. The numbers are just staggering. And some of it is longevity, but it's just... Yeah, but that's a skill in and of itself, too, right? Like, that's Absolutely. that's something to give him credit for. It's not just this dude has gotten lucky and has played a long time, right? Like, yeah, I've seen yeah, some people yeah, yeah. discount it with that. And, you know, availability is a talent at a certain point in time. And the way he's Absolutely. made sure that his body is able to do this, but also to do it at the high level that he's doing this year, when it looked like he was going to break the scoring record already because he was on such a tear at his age is just like there aren't enough like superlatives to say about him when it comes to this no there aren't there aren't and it's having having seen lebron recently personally when when i was covering the Celtics, <laughs> you know there 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 are some things that lebron can do that makes people go oh jesus this guy you know like that that tantrum that he threw at the end of the celtics game was like okay, buddy. Like you're, you're like the, the on the floor move time. was like truly, truly amazing doing? acting. Have some pride. Have some pride. No one's targeting you. No, but but you know that that does create an interesting conversation around LeBron because there are people who are just like I can't stand this guy. He sh- he's so yeah. good. I can't, but I can't stand him. So I, I want to discredit the thing. But he's he's bulletproof on this stuff. He's just bulletproof. To be top five, and like you said, he, there's there's like an outside chance that he can catch Chris Paul. Kind yeah, it's of more small. On what, it's small, um, but you never know how how LeBron's career is going to end. He might stop scoring points and just start dishing dimes out of the post for for three years and play till he's forty five. You so. saw it in this game too, right? At one point, the Lakers were kind of down. They weren't looking too good. And LeBron was like, I'm just going to pass the ball then. I'm going to just pass yeah. the ball and get my teammates going. He was making outlet passes in transition. He was making the right read and pick and rolls. He was dumping the ball off after drives. He does it in like so many different 
ways and different facets that it's just truly, again, incredible to watch. Like we, it, we've, a lot of us have been fortunate to watch the guy's whole career, right? You know, I watched a yeah. lot of MJ too. I watched the six titles, but I didn't see like the entirety of the career. And you kind of saw him definitely fading at the end with the wizards and all of that. Sure. You don't really get that with LeBron, which I think is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it you pick a Jordan or, or him first. I mean, look, I, I am a, a, <laughs> a put you a child, on the spot with that one. I am a child of '80s basketball, and so I, I do have a fondness for for Michael Jordan. But I, it's hard for me to argue. On top of all of this, Jake, on top of all of this, he's going to end up potentially somewhere like 25th, 26th in rebounding, top 10 in steals. I, it's hard to argue that LeBron. There, there has been no player in the same mold as LeBron James, and and. I don't like, I, I really honestly, I don't like saying like one, two, three, four, five, because eras are different and rules are yeah, different. Yeah, totally. Hard, hard. I just prefer to say I have a room, like a pantheon, like the Hall of Fame's Hall of Fame. And there are certain select few that get to go in there and LeBron is in there. And and if he sits at the head of the table or next to the head of the table, it kind of doesn't matter. But no, there has, there's literally never been a LeBron James in the NBA. And it's hard to imagine another guy exactly like LeBron, who's built like a linebacker, who can fly down the floor, who can jump like he does, and who can legitimately say, I'm as much a distributor as I am a scorer. Yeah, I think going back to the Michael Jordan, LeBron thing, right? Like it it might be 1A, 1B, and you can order them however you want. And I don't actually have a problem with either one as long as it's probably those two, 1A and 1B, at least in my opinion, especially of guys that I've watched. And I don't really have a ton to go on with older eras. That's a really good point. You mentioned rules change. It's a different time. The game's grown. It's evolved. That's really important to keep in mind. But yeah, like there's just... like. I don't know, man. Like we could make this such a bad segment where it's just like, look at how good LeBron is, and like that's the segment, and it kind of is. But like, there's if you don't sometimes, if you don't admit that, even if you hate the dude, like you're just a hater. Look, sometimes you you get lost in the just grind of next game, next game, next game, and even with LeBron, and and you know, I'm fortunate to have to have covered and you know been in the Eastern Conference. My whole life, I grew up in the Boston area, so I've seen LeBron from the get-go. For you know, t- taking the Cavs and, and and turning them into a good team, and their battles with the Celtics, and then the Heat's battles with the Celtics when the Celtics were good, and and winning their championship. So it, I, I've gotten to see a ton of LeBron and a ton of LeBron kind of mature from the earlier he's not clutch to you know a, a finals where he kind of disappears and all of that, and now to have him be like this it's just an interesting progression on top of everything but you say this stuff out loud and i'm sorry i'm sorry i I cover the nba for a living and it's still when you say first first in scoring soon and fourth in assists now it's just yeah it's pretty good you know what we're (laughs) we're, sorry we're gonna take 10 minutes to just um, gush about no it's not wrong it's not the wrong thing to do at all like it's it's not even about the Lakers beat the Knicks and and you know two mediocre teams fighting to be like less mediocre. 
It's just about, oh my God. Let's upset fans of both teams here with that unnecessary shot in the middle of this segment here. Two two mediocre teams fighting to be less mediocre. That is going to be the headline of this show. And (laughs) his Twitter account, ladies and gentlemen, is at John underscore Corrales. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Where where are they in the standings? Come on. We're not even talking about the game. That's your NBA game to game, which, by the way, y'all can find on this feed. We don't need to talk about that. So John has no need to say things like that. Guys from Locked On Lakers and Locked On Knicks will give you like a minute to a minute and a half on Locked On Game to Game. You get the inside out, blah, blah, blah. You get all of the stuff you need to say. We get to sit here and gush about LeBron for a minute and you know look that two mediocre pod mediocre podcasters gushing about an all-time great here hey look i've never i've never argued that either yeah, we, we don't disagree here i've never said i was anything beyond me mediocre. Wow, mediocre like that's a compliment probably I'm, actually I'm from what we normally for, get yeah i'm fighting for the podcaster playing tournament regularly so you know whatever i'm you know i'm the sacramento kings every once in a while i have a good run but eh, i know who i am so, all right, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Let's talk about let's talk about Lonzo Ball and his knee. Uh, let's do that in a second. Uh, let's we'll we'll take a second there. First, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. We are extraordinarily excited for FanDuel uh, to join the Lockdown Podcast Network because FanDuel is the number one sports book in America. And we're the, the number one podcasting network in America. There's got to be a ranking for that somewhere. I'm declaring it right now. And they have got so many features there at FanDuel that even if you're a new listener, if you're new to FanDuel, then that's great. That's even better. Super fun, super easy to bet on sports through FanDuel. So download FanDuel now. You can even bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000. In bonus bets, if your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown, which is my favorite way to go. If I'm betting on the Super Bowl, I'm betting on the prop bets. I don't even, I don't even know if I'm uh, who, who I'm going to pick, what I'm going to, but I'm just going to be talking about touchdowns and who's scoring first and who's scoring next. And I'm glad that you can do that on the FanDuel Sports app, which is safe and secure and super easy to use. And the best thing is when you win, you get paid instantly so join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 that's FanDuel.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel the official sportsbook partner of the NFL we just ask you to please gamble responsibly Jake uh tough tough news here they were talking about Lonzo Ball uh in Chicago in in the conversation basically uh, he doesn't know why he's still feeling pain in his knee. The medical staff doesn't know why there's still pain in his knee. His camp doesn't know why there's pain in his knee. He's gone to six different doctors for opinions. It's starting, I mean, not starting. We're beyond concerned here for, for Alonzo Ball, who I just believe, and I'm obviously not alone, he ties so much together for the Chicago Bulls that he might be, a, his health and impending what was his impending return for 50 games this year? That might be what's kept the Chicago Bulls from making a decision whether to be buyers or sellers. Because with, with Alonzo back, it, he just makes so many things snap into place for Chicago. 
But without him, Chicago's kind of a mess. So this is just, if you're the Chicago Bulls front office, you just got to, you know, head in your hands and go, what do we do now? Yeah. So first and foremost, this sucks, right? Like this just sucks. There's nothing fun about this. You never want to see injuries like this. Like this just completely sucks because it seems like he's done his rehab, right? Like this isn't one of those stories of a player, like not doing what he should. There hasn't been like a situation where he was rehabbing too hard and like hurt another part of his body or something like that, which has kept him out long. Like it's just not Right. And that's just never a fun situation to be in. And it's interesting, right? Because there's parallels to this to a certain degree, I think, with the Chicago Bulls in the past with Derrick Rose too. But Chicago's actually taking a different approach this time, right? Derrick Rose was medically cleared to play. They were like pushing him to return from the ACL injuries that he had. And he was like, something's off. I'm not right. And there was like public pressure from the team, basically, on him to get back out on the court. I'm happy to see you're not noticing that with Chicago where everyone's like, this one's confounding to us. And it's not like, well, you're healthy, you're cleared, you should be playing, but he doesn't feel right. And it's his body. Cause that's yeah. what makes this so murky, right? Like no one could feel what he feels. No one could really know what he's going through. And that's what's, what's tough. But for the Chicago bulls, like, yeah, this isn't great. Like I, I don't see him playing this season, right? There's almost no way it feels like at this point he's going to play this year. He's a key connector for them offensively. He's an above average guy defensively that's great in transition and being able to score and run and make outlet passes and things. You need a guy like that. He's a useful player. I don't think he was living up to like the potential of a number two overall pick. But he's definitely been a very useful player in the NBA. You got to see him for, you know, some time here in New Orleans, too. And it just sucks. It just sucks mm. that he's not healthy. I'll say this, though. Like, I still have hope that he'll maybe miss this season and then be able to come back in subsequent years and be okay. You saw that with Derrick Rose, right? Never lived back up to the MVP status that he was at. But Lonzo Ball doesn't need to do that. Lonzo Ball doesn't need to be a guy attacking the basket, scoring at the rim. That's actually not what he does at all. He's become a good three-point shooter, which even after all of these type of injuries, that's something he could do in his NBA career. Yeah, the problem here is that this screams like nerve issue, right? It just screams like there's some there's something in there that because of how things went with his knee, there's some something in his body has changed to a point where there's some sort of pain and it feels like the only way that you can get pain at this point is a nerve issue. If it is a nerve issue, then those those are impossible to, to predict, you know, sometimes they come and they go and he might, he might end up feeling great and then it could come back. And it's, it's just, it is confounding. Um, and you're right. He doesn't have to be second overall pick, live up to that hype anymore because of, because that ship has, has definitely sailed with him. Yeah. He's, we know who he is. He He's not even a guy that you want to rely on as your, half court point guard set everybody up and move he's more of a half court spot up guy and transition kind of distributor he's kind of ben simmons ish with a jump shot uh yeah and that's so, a good way to put it yeah so I, I i but that's that fits perfectly with chicago with you know zach levine and you know uh demar derozan and vooch and just a guy that that can 
see the floor well enough in, you know, in the half court to, to make the right pass. If there's a closeout, attack the closeout well. Uh, if he gets the rebound or if he gets the outlet, he can really make a play in transition. So he plays to some of the athleticism they have there. And it just it gives Vooch space in the post when he's there in the corner. Just makes every one of those other guys just a tiny bit better. And that that just makes it all work. So if they if that doesn't happen and they've built a team around that, the question then becomes for Chicago, what do we do? You start hearing rumors now that Zach Levine might be on the trade block. But on the other side, you hear the Bulls might be interested in Jay Crowder. And it's like they don't know what they want to be. And that it, that's the hard part right now with all of this. Right. It reeks a little bit of like desperation. Like you're really desperately trying to kind of cling at maybe being a good team or something along those lines to try and make the postseason, try and salvage this year when what I think you and I did it, or or maybe it was something else that I was on. And it was on a show where it was like, when we were looking at teams to start the year of like teams that maybe should tank. And one of the ones was like, maybe a secret tanking team should be the Chicago bulls. You oh, know, yeah. some of the moves from like two years ago, didn't that. really like work out. Maybe if you know, Lonzo ball is going to be out to start the year you know you've had some injury concerns with Zach Levine in the past maybe you're like oh they should just like secretly tank for Wemby and like see what happens there because their pick that they owe to Orlando is top something protected so there's a chance you keep it then and that's how you retool this roster all of a sudden you lock into the first or second overall pick I mean they're too far away from that right now they're not going to be able to do that at any point now this year that's a bit of a problem for them you know being right around play in tournament good three games under 500 they're nowhere close to being able to do that unless they catch a lot of lottery luck but you're not going to tank to do that at this point and just sell things off so they put themselves in no man's land right play in tournament good for the future and that's about it and so what do you do especially after some of these trades you made where you don't control some of these draft picks and that's not a great situation to be in and it's like maybe they're going to go through the motions again next year not be good and then do you tank and you do that in the not optimal draft year which doesn't seem like the best plan but it might be what they have to do yeah it just this is complicated things i feel like if they knew they would still be here with lonzo at this point if you told them at the beginning of the season he's not coming back by the all-star break, you might have seen a different posture and you might have started seeing some selling and just get into this Get into this draft now because this isn't... The, the second you started to get some friction between Levine and DeRozan and so the second you started to see some things just not working exactly the way you had hoped, maybe maybe at that point you start saying, all right, let's, let's start making our moves now. And then maybe when Lonzo comes back, whenever he does come back, we can just say, hey, he's a he's a useful piece that fits with just about anybody. And, you know, between him and Caruso as glue guys, maybe we can figure something out and they can help kind of move things forward quickly. But regardless, the Bulls, the Bulls through bad management, bad decisions, and now bad luck are stuck in this hamster yeah, wheel <laughs> of mediocrity. They're just they they've made some moves that that had like high risk high reward and those haven't paid off and you know they've made some really bad coaching decisions and they they've obviously bad management has plagued them for a while um but this this is just flat out bad luck and it's it's it sucks because i think lonzo 
really has settled into a really good spot. I think he's comfortable with who he is and where he is. And the fact that he can't come, come back and play is, is, is bad. I hope, I, obviously I hope that he uh, figures that out soon, but Jake, this the Chicago is one of those question mark teams that makes this deadline kind of up in the air. What do they do? What do they do? Buy, sell. You hear rumors that, that they are buying. You hear rumors that they're selling. You kind of hear that around the league. And I don't know. So we'll play our game of real or fake when we come back, whether this will be an active trade deadline or just quiet. I might take a second after the show is done to have a built bar because it's a delicious treat. And I don't want all the fat and calories of all the desserts that I've been having over the course of the holidays. It's now February and I got to stick to these resolutions. Got to lose a couple of pounds, so I'm going to be working out a little bit more. And Built Bar is not only going to be my healthy reward, my treat, but it's also going to give me about 17 grams of protein. So when I'm lifting, it's going to help me build some muscle. And 130 calories means I'm not completely erasing what I just did on the elliptical machine. And they have these great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. They're covered in 100% chocolate. That's real chocolate, so healthy tasty, delicious. What more do you want? I'll tell you what more you want. You want to be able to pick them up in a store, right? Gotcha. If you go to Walmart, they are now in the pharmacy section. You can get a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. If you belong to Sam's club, you can go over there and grab a 13 bar box with hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. So you can pick those up on your way out. Obviously, you can go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15. You get 15% off your order. Just get a bunch of them shipped to you. But you now have options, delicious options. Go to built.com, check them out. You'll thank me for Built Bars. Let's continue the show here, Jake Madison. We love playing our weekly game of real or fake. Every show has a thing they do every week. Some of them do like power rankings. They do that on Friday. They just a bunch of fun little segments. Ours, real or fake? We are getting to the trade deadline. We've teased it all show. I'll just pose the question to you, Jake Madison, real or fake? This will be an active trade deadline. It's somewhat real. Somewhat <laughs> real. Right now, the early indication feels like, no, it's not going to be right? But all it takes is one move and then everything spirals. Then offers yeah. go up. That forces teams that were on the fence of being a seller, maybe not being a seller to decide, yeah, that's too good. We can't pass that up. You look at a team like Utah with that, you know, once Bogdanovich from Detroit gets traded and I think they're posturing saying they want to keep him. That makes no sense. You may as well get something for him that gets moved, you know, OG Ananobi maybe gets moved from the Toronto Raptors. I don't think they're going full on rebuild. So it's not going to be a fire sale there of Siakam, Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr. and some of the other intriguing young players they have. That's why it's somewhat real. There's going to be moves. There's no way it's going to be like three trades and that's it. There's going to be teams making some moves. I think you see Utah trade a couple of guys away. Bogdanovich gets traded from Detroit. And Ananobi, and I'll call it now, I think does get traded from the Raptors. But they don't go tanking or anything like that. That's, I won't call it like a crazy trade deadline, right? But that's a decent amount 
of moves, nothing outside of Ananobi that's like super sexy that like puts, you know, kind of changes the dynamic of the league. So it's somewhat true. Somewhat true. Okay. You know, I can see that. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say fake. I'm going to say it's fake. I don't think this is going to be an overly active deadline. We might see, I guess the definition of what's active. Um, I think, I think you're right in that we will see a couple of trades. Like we will see Jay Crowder get traded and maybe to the Milwaukee yeah. That seems to be the rumor. We might see uh, one of the Raptors, OG or Van Vliet. One of the, I, oh, yeah, I forgot like, to throw him in there. Yeah. I mean, I think Van Vliet's the guy and, and you might see Van Vliet go. I, I don't know that OG goes now um, unless, unless somebody ponies up a ton, uh, which the New York Knicks can do that. Like it makes sense that the Knicks can put together a, a real package for Ananobi that, 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 gives Toronto a ton of picks. Um, that's fine. But active, like, you know, what was the, was there a year where we were doing the trade deadline show and it was just like, Oh, we've got a trade. Oh, we've got a trade. Oh, we've got a trade. It's just over and over and over again. They were like 20 trade. That's not going to happen because I agree with that. Too many teams are like, this is a seller's market. And I think too many teams are overvaluing, their assets. And I think those teams are either in a position to say, we are actually comfortable keeping these guys because we still feel like we want to, to win and they can help us win next season. But Hey, wow us with the deal and you know, you know, Godfather offer and we'll, you know, we got to do what we got to do too much, too much of that. And I think, I think there's going to be a little bit of, you know what, we're going to stand firm and maybe revisit things. There might be an active July. We might see a lot of teams retooling in July, but I don't think now is the time. I think teams that are going to be buyers are going to be very weary of giving up a ton of assets. Um, and I, I just don't think people are going to, I don't think front offices are going to meet the asking prices that are out there. Um, so I, I think we'll see. A few trades. I guess, what's the number of trades that you would say would constitute active? So let me also ask this. Is it not necessarily about quantity, but about quality? Like if LeBron James got traded and that was the only trade at the trade deadline, would you call that an active trade deadline? I'd call it a blockbuster trade, but I wouldn't say it it would be overall not an active deadline. It's one trade, even though it was maybe the most monumental trade of, of our generation, um, that would be I'm just seeing no. how you quantify it. It was, it was yeah. a natural I, question. I'm, I'm curious quality. what our listeners no, think I'm here. Quantity. Okay. I'm going quantity, active quantity, like the, like to me, it has to be more than five. Yeah. Like I, I think there's like six trades that you look at that are like, okay, that helps a team win. You know, there's going to also be some moves that are like cost saving moves and just sometimes like you're just reshuffling deck chairs and things like that, right? You might see the Rockets trade some bad dude to another team for a bad dude just because the salaries line up a little bit more or something yeah. like that. Like I don't, I'm not really moved by a deal like that at the NBA's trade deadline for team trying to shed some salary, those type of things. So I'm kind of removing those, but I'll go six, six trades that impact the playoff meaningful race in meaningful yeah trades. meaningful yeah. trades right that affects seeding or something like that yeah if the Celtics trade Justin Jackson to open up a roster spot 
And that's not that doesn't count as one of the traits. Yeah, right? for them that's to sign like a ten day guy and shuffle dudes yeah. at the end of the exactly. season, like, like not, no, I don't care. That. that doesn't count. No, no. But if Jakob Pertl moves to Toronto, there totally. you go. There's a that's that's a meaningful trade. Yeah. So I will say uh, they need a center. They need a center so badly, and I think yeah. if they just move Ananobi for a center, that team looks so different to me all of a sudden, and I'm really intrigued by the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, I I, I feel like though there's so the, the sellers that are out there. Um, yeah, the Raptors are in that weird spot of if you make the right move, maybe you con you, you, you're you're constituted differently, and things snap into place. And, you know, the experiment of nothing but rangy wings, you say, okay, maybe there's a not working right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a, maybe there's a high end limit to that and you, you still need other things. Um, so there's that. Um, I, I just feel like the sellers that are out there and I'm thinking about like Charlotte, is Charlotte going to make some of these moves now they should they They should they should trade rosier they should trade pj washington they should trade mason Plumley, who i actually think is a decent guy if you need a center to go after to be perfectly honest they should move all of those guys so you might see like two three teams trade away a number of guys like beasley vanderbilt olenic from the utah jazz make a ton of sense too being on the move like you might have two teams equal those six trades. Yeah, you could. You absolutely could. But again, if if you're o- if you're the only two teams out there, and they, well, I'll tell you one thing about Danny Ainge, I know Danny Ainge. <laughs> He's going to almost you, trade that entire roster. He is. He doesn't do a deal unless he feels like he wins the deal. Danny Ainge no longer does any moves that say this is good for both teams. When Danny Ainge makes a move. It's oh god, what did he just do to Minnesota? Like they like, what did he just do to what did he what did he just get for Donovan Mitchell? What? You know, like that type of stuff. He's he's not gonna do Kelly Olinick in a reasonable deal. He wants to package those guys and find some sort of deal that makes people go, Are you kidding me, Danny Ainge? Like that's the reaction he wants. So I don't know. I Utah makes a lot of sense to sell some pieces off. I don't know that they do that right now. I really honestly don't because I know Danny Ainge is, if he, if he's not going to win the deal outright, he's not going to do the deal. If you want to know where people can go to find the answers to these questions, there's a locked on Toronto Raptors. There's a locked on Utah jazz. There's a locked on show for your team. If you want to find out if they're actually going to be buyers or sellers. That's a very polite way of Jake telling me to shut up because we're over. No, 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 no. There's a locked on Celtics. (laughs) There's a locked on Pelicans. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I like the trade talk. I mean, this is the easiest time of year for us here. Oh yeah. We're over time. We're at 34 minutes. Let let me just tease these other shows and get out of here. Let's go. You start playing the orchestra, orchestra music. Uh, Thank you everybody for listening (laughs) uh, to the locked on self, the locked on (laughs) NBA podcast. Uh, which you can get everywhere podcasts exist. Uh, if you are a subscriber, if you're watching on YouTube and you like the show, make a comment. Tell us how awesome we are, or tell us that we suck. Hey, sometimes mediocre you know, podcasters. Mediocre here. podcasting. That's you know the name of the game over here. I uh, would love it if you shared the podcast. Tell your friends and family they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown NBA podcast. It's right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.